ladies and gentlemen uh we are on the air with uh woolen men from portland in oregon am i right lawton welcome to the show yes thanks so much glad to be here thanks for inviting me yeah you're welcome and uh i'm really excited about today's episode because you know i've been testing this new technology to record uh, remote calls and this is the first episode with this new technology so i hope this is going to be a great episode in terms of audio quality yes how are you lawton we uh i'm good you know i'm still working i work from home uh, i'm one of the lucky people that uh, still has a job so um i'm a little stir crazy but uh i'm like putting in the hours i'm still making a paycheck and we're relatively safe here oregon has uh very few confirmed cases um compared to like california for instance so we've been we're pretty good you know, I'm like not, uh, I leave the house sometimes. <laughs> how, how are you? What's, what's it like? What's it like over there? Where, where are you exactly? I don't even know where, I'm, where you are. I am from Ecuador. I live in the Amazon rainforest, you know, and, uh, I'm kind of in a safe place, but yeah, lots of people have died. You know, we are under lockdown. I am the one who goes once a week outside to the groceries but yeah it's a really sad situation uh we have we do have a lot of cases i'm sorry to hear that wow yeah you do the shopping yeah exactly i'm responsible for that is your family is that your family in the background that i heard yeah that was my little daughter before we started the show she was playing around are they uh, yeah are you guys going uh, crazy over there well, yeah, kind of, you know, I mean, we live in a house and uh, we are surrounded by beautiful nature, you know, so we do get outside and uh, go for a walk, you know, so we don't see too much people around here. But uh, yeah, it's definitely a new situation, you know, um, I work at university, I'm a professor, but right now it's semester break. So I'm, I'm producing my podcast It's all I'm doing right now. So to stay healthy and and safe in uh, at, at my home do you uh, interview have you interviewed other musicians yes of course absolutely for your podcast yeah yeah i've, I've been I've, i mean i've had really great guests on the show already you know um uh kalita and super yamba band uh, last week i talked to uh, george potter jr you know the bassist of the meters that was one of the, the greatest things that ever happened to me, you know, it was like a dream come true. Oh yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's too bad that, um, my bandmates could be here. They're obsessed with the meters. Oh really? Wow. Then you should check it out. It was a really cool episode. You know, fortunately we did had a couple of technical problems with the audio, but in general, the conversation is, it's really meaningful. Was it the same with did you just reach out to him to, to interview him like you did to me? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I do have some sort of strategy. Yeah, it's amazing how the internet just makes it. Yeah. The internet makes it so easy. Yeah, you know? absolutely. You know, and everybody's happy to talk on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. 
a year ago January, when I right. when I started producing the podcast, I never thought that I could reach out to some of the people that I grew up admiring. You know, it was like, wow, you know, my heroes and stuff. But yeah, basically, I know I'm I know how technology works. I've been goofing around with computers for a long time. But basically, I am also the booking agent. Yeah, so <laughs> the internet, what a crazy place, right? <laughs> I've noticed that about the internet that it's uh, it's easier than you would think to just kind of ask somebody if they want to do something, and most of the time they just say yes. Yeah, especially yeah. Most right of now. Most of the time, it works. Yeah, and you you have been making music for a long time now with with Woolen Man. Uh, I think you've uh, how, how many yeah. albums have you recorded? Um, well, I guess uh, if you count like official records, um, probably six. But in between that number of releases, there's been quite a few more. Um, you know, we started out when the band first started, we released music primarily on tape, mm -hmm. um, like cassette tapes, because yep. Raphael, my bandmate, had a cassette tape label um, that oh, was cool. based out here in Portland. So we put yeah. out quite a few um, tapes uh, of maybe like, I guess you could call them EPs. They would be like maybe four to seven songs um and yeah. as we got more ambitious you know we started recording things that we sort of more considered to be records and then graduated to releasing final records both independently through our own label and also um in partnership with other small labels around the united states that were interested in working with us um yeah. these days for the last few records we've mostly just released our own music through our own label um because i think financially yeah. that makes the most sense in this um, music economy that we live in now Absolutely. so it, it really mm -hmm. like if you go on discogs and you look at the woolen men releases it's like there's mm -hmm. like maybe 14 to 16 releases if you count the seven inches and the tapes and there's all yeah, and yeah a lot of different formats too so but yeah about 10 oh, years okay. with the band at this point 10 years with the band yeah it was pretty cool i was checking your your uh, band camp page yesterday and uh yeah i was i was impressed with how much music you already have recorded and uh do you um so so you make that independently do you um um do you write record you and produce your music by yourself and where does the magic take place do you have a home studio or, or well, how do you we, do that um, we've worked yeah uh we work together recording ourselves since the beginning um because we we all kind of come from like a diy backgrounds um especially in portland sort of pre like portland's brief fame as a hip place it was the kind of a city where essentially if you didn't make it yourself nobody was going to do it for you there's no real music infrastructure here of any kind. There's no major labels. Um, nobody's really paying attention to the music that comes out of the city. Yeah. Um, and mm -hmm. so aside from like people who are already famous, basically, you know, like Elliot Smith mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, yeah. So we were very used to from the beginning recording, engineering ourselves. Um, and we now kind of have like a group of people that we work with. Um, we have, I don't, I wouldn't, really call him a producer we have a um like a sound engineer who um does mixing mm -hmm. for us um mm -hmm. evan mersky he's uh mixed like the last two woolen men releases and he's mixing the new so we just um 
we we're just about to release a new single actually um oh cool and uh, it's coming out we're uh it should be out um it's may 8th friday may 8th okay so next week uh so yeah yeah um it's Mm -hmm. part of a new project that we're doing that's sort of um quarantine inspired that's like a, a a singles club essentially so instead of releasing records or eps we're going to release a a single at a time um for the next like couple months we have kind of four or five singles in in the pipeline Mm -hmm. in various stages of being completed like mixed or mastered so we'll be releasing those over the next couple months it's kind of a new strategy for the band the internet is really single single focused Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that, and that tends to um, emphasize like the the shock of the new. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's always about the, yeah. the novelty of a new yeah. a new toy to play with. Um, so this is like our attempt, I guess, to finally acquiesce to the demands of the market and produce something that mm-hmm. we can get onto Spotify playlists and and things like that. Um, it's a change for the band. We've never really done anything like that before. Yeah, but this is sort of the cool thing about the internet that we, you know, musicians, podcasters, we all can still produce kind of high quality stuff and put it out there. Like, for example, if I think about broadcasting in the 90s, 80s, you get a camera, it costs $2,000. And then what you what do you want to do with the camera? You know, you, you cannot edit the video and stuff. So it's uh, the possibilities are so many right now. Yeah, I mean, we were fortunate. We were fortunate enough to have um, a couple of songs like finished or nearly finished mm-hmm. once the quarantine came down. So yeah. this is kind of our attempt to like stay active. We're also part of the singles club is um, that we we're hiring uh, artists that we have worked with in the past, or sometimes new artists to create cover art for each song. And it's mm-hmm. an attempt to support artists in our community financially and um, to work with people. You know, we always we always tend to work with um, artists who we admire or people that we want to reach out to and work with. So this is like mm-hmm. an opportunity to kind of employ people in our community who may or may not have any financial security right now. Um, oh, yeah. That's and awesome. it's been nice because we're doing it. Yeah, we're doing it, you know, one cover per song so we can as long as we can continue to produce these singles we can continue to pay the artists too which has been like Mm a a nice thing i i really like working with um artists uh with the songwriting because you get their perspective on what the song is about and um they have their kind of own take on on what's going on with the music and if you do it right you discover something new about the song through their own eyes, even if you wrote it yourself. Yeah. yeah. Um, so cool. it's been really nice. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I saw one of your, I was watching one of your videos yesterday, temporary monument. And uh, it says directed and edited by yourself on location in Budapest and Lima, Peru. So you have, you have you been to South America? Have you been traveling a little bit? over the last years uh yeah that um, that 
video is actually a long, a very long running project. So when I was in college, um, I studied in Budapest uh, at oh. a university there called um, uh, Central European University for a semester. Uh -huh. um, it's actually George Soros's university. He founded it. Mm -hmm. um, it's a really remarkable institution. It was founded after the Second World War to foster um, mm -hmm. uh, like um, collaboration between countries that had been under fascist regimes. Um, yeah. And so I went there and I studied and I brought along an eight millimeter camera. Mm -hmm. And oh, uh, cool. I shot a bunch of eight millimeter footage. And then mm -hmm. when I was... After I left Budapest, my girlfriend, who had also taken a semester off, was teaching English in Lima. So instead of going back to the United States, I went to see her in Lima. And I brought the camera with me, and I, I had maybe oh, okay. like maybe 12 more minutes of cartridge footage. And then mm -hmm. after I shot all that footage, it stayed in my refrigerator for about maybe four years, four or five years. Um, because mm -hmm. I don't know if you know, but um, producing, like exposing eight millimeter footage is very expensive. Yeah. There's actually very few places in the United States that will even do it anymore. I think there's like yeah, one yeah. on the West Coast. You're right. So I finally, I got a tax return one year and I used mm -hmm. the money from my tax return to print the footage and edit it. And that became the video for temporary monument awesome. um oh, i have kind of cool. a side hustle as a, yeah i'm i'm interested in film um in film editing particularly yeah. and um yeah i don't get much chance to work on film projects uh mm -hmm. so when i it's similar to the band you know it's like if you want to work on a project you have to make it for yourself so you'll notice that there are actually a couple of the music videos that I directed and edited, and that's really because I was interested in in doing video projects. Um, yeah, yeah, they are and that awesome. that was one of the first ones. I thought it, I thought it came out pretty nice, you know. When I when I was in Budapest, the the footage in the graveyards is all from a um, um like a, a communist. Uh, well, it's kind of complicated, like. Do you recall the footage in the video that's of um, kind of these monumental sculptures of mm -hmm. uh, like workers? So what those sculptures are is it's like after Budapest was liberated um, from the uh, Nazi party, the communists came in and they uh, took a lot of the statues um, that had been in the city and they piled them into this uh, essentially like a graveyard for um, military propaganda, mm -hmm. um, which is what you're seeing when you see that footage. It's a, it's an amazing place. It's a, it's kind of a like a, a graveyard of ideology. That's interesting. Um, that's interesting. I I don't remember being there because I've been to Budapest. And it's I love it. It's a beautiful city, right? Yeah, um, I was actually pretty miserable when I was there, but <laughs> now I wish I could go back. Now I miss it. <laughs> yeah. So you studied there, and uh, and then you went to Peru. Did you travel around South America too, or just Peru? Uh, just Peru, because that was where my girlfriend was at the time. Although yeah. we did, um, we did do a little bit of traveling within Peru. 
Um, that was maybe in like maybe 2011 or something like that. I'm really bad with dates, so that I'm the wrong person yeah. to ask about dates. But that was where the that's where that footage came from. And um, you know, the farther I get away from it, the more it feels like a real time capsule to me. And I'm glad that I carted that stupid eight millimeter camera around with me at the time. I remember yeah. thinking like. What if I shoot all this and it's not, none of it comes out because I didn't have a light meter or anything. Mm -hmm. um, so it was all just kind of an experiment on my part. Um, yeah. Yeah, cool. So talking about your music now, um, what are some of the bands or artists that influence you the most? Like what, what was sort of the first band that really spoke to you? Do you have some any kind of memories about? Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, every every musician has influences like yeah. that. Uh, I think yeah. that for Woolen Men, it was probably um, like locally in Portland. It was the Wipers. If you're familiar with them, do you know do you know them at all? Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Have you heard of that band? Oh yeah, they are cool. I, I saw a documentary once. Yeah. I think. yeah. And um, I would also, I mean, they were just like one of the few independent bands in Portland that ever had any success outside of the city. And yeah. they also were particularly successful in Europe, which is something that's been true of Will and Men as well. We've had, I think in general, we've had a much better reception in Europe than we've had in the United Europe. States. Something about our music really? that mm -hmm. Europeans yeah, tend to respond to. Mm -hmm. um, and also, I mean, other bands... Um, I would say like re regional American bands. So uh, we yeah. uh, talk about the Minutemen down in Minute Pedro, Men, yeah. um, or a band like Pylon in Athens, Georgia. It's not really that you, we sound like Pylon, but it's more that, um, or or like the Meat Puppets, you know, in Arizona. They're like bands that yeah. aren't from traditional centers of music culture like they're not from new york or from los angeles they're not really products of the music industry they weren't created and produced by studio musicians mm -hmm. and songwriters like professional songwriters in la yeah. they're bands that really came out of the region that they're from um and that i feel like is like always been our kind of strength as a band is that we're really rooted in um like our, our influences are primarily tied to the to where we're from and they kind of come out of yeah. our own like homegrown ideas about songwriting and about what music should be like that and um so yeah i think i think that's any kind of you know local or regional music is really important to yeah. the band yeah. um what do you think about like have contemporary you, bands that yeah, go on? Have you have you heard of this band? Uh, it's called um, the Whitest Boy Alive. I think they're from Sweden. It's one of my favorite bands. And when I when I heard your music, I, I kind of thought about this band. Have you heard Have you heard of them? The Whitest Boy Alive. No, uh, they're really. Cool. That's a very weird name. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird. It's a weird uh, name yeah, I'll. Uh, they're from Sweden. And the Strokes, um, too. I thought about the Strokes a little bit, too. The, the Strokes, you said? Did, did you say The Strokes? Yeah, exactly. The Strokes. Hey, can you hear me? 
Yeah, interesting. Uh, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, the Strokes were hugely popular right when uh, me and Raphael mm -hmm. and Alex, that my bandmates were all, um, they had their like initial popularity in um, it right when we were graduating from college. So we all were exposed to yeah. their music, um, whether Absolutely. we wanted to hear it or not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and where where do you get your inspiration for writing music? Oh, um, that's a hard question. I mean, it can come from really anything. Like, mm -hmm. I am a voracious reader, uh, sort yeah, of an obsessive cool. reader. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the initial seeds in my, I'm not going to speak for Raphael or Alex because um, they're not here. Mm -hmm. So I'll only talk about mm -hmm. my own songs. But um, yeah. I guess I would, it's often a, something that you wouldn't expect, uh, a sort of a trigger that um, gives an initial seed or an idea for a song. Um, and then that can usually, sometimes it can sit around for a long time. You know, it, I'll, I'll often like take a note um, on yeah. my phone, like just like a real quick note about a title of something that I'm interested in or an idea. So sometimes it starts from the lyrics uh, from a lyric or a title and then other times it starts from like a melody or a phrase uh, musically and then you have to kind of um, build it from there I feel like with the band with one minute it's often a matter of uh, coming with most of, for me with most of a song finished and then getting together with the guys and and completing the music collectively and there's some yeah. there's some sort of alchemy that happens there with the with their um sensibilities where they transform mm -hmm. the song it often yeah. does not sound at all like what it sounded like when i initially wrote it because it goes through a process of transformation with the um, the like spirit of the other players we've been playing yeah. together for a, a long time and so we sort of yeah. understand a little bit about what we're looking for from each other too um, that's but that's cool. I think that it's really important with one man to always be ready to be surprised um, and so, sometimes the best ideas that we have come from uh, an accident for instance that's really common it's like a, a mistake or an accident yeah. in a demo recording will become the basis of the song for, at the end okay so um it's time for music let's listen to some music on the show now you are going to hear the song k-punk yes k-punk K-Punk. Some people have told me that they love the show, they love the podcast, but they think they am, that I am a little bit too serious, like I have to laugh more or be a little bit more entertaining. And uh, yeah, so I, I thought I will repeat the word K-Punk, 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 <laughs> until you laugh and until I laugh because it's so ridiculous to repeat a word so many times and this is the coolest thing about doing a podcast you know I can repeat the word k-punk 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 <laughs> so much as I 
want to uh, and yeah so and you know it's it's kind of i mean i love doing this doing this podcast is such a great experience and uh but it's also sometimes a little bit stressful so if i may sound a little bit uh serious on one of the shows or sometimes it's just because you know i i have to think in english and in german and spanish you know and the pandemic and uh, my daughter is crying <laughs> so sometimes the whole thing is driving me crazy but i enjoy it and i love doing this and and just the fact of the matter that i been so lucky to talk to so many great artists and it's um it's a reason why i'm still doing this you know by my own so uh, listen to the woolen man i really like this band ladies and gentlemen it's a it's a really beautiful album human to human so yeah listen to cape punk now and uh we will be back in a minute stick around hey can you hear me hey hello uh i can hear you i can hear been a great show great episode we are talking about 
lots of cool things. So Lawton, are you still there? Yeah, of course. Um, Your how band? did you discover on Bandcamp? I think it was. Yeah. How did you find out about us? Yeah, yeah. I I was checking. What... Yeah, a Bandcamp definitely. I, I'm always checking oh, Bandcamp, cool. new bands. Did they and, recommend uh, us? The reviews of some albums, and, and then I saw one of your albums. Yeah, yeah, it was sort of a rec recommendation from from Bandcamp. <laughs> and then I cool. uh, That's check you out. I I really I really think your your the 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 artwork of your albums are really cool too. They'll also catch my my attention. Cool. Yeah, we've been, um, Bandcamp has been a really important partner for us in terms of growing um, as a band. Yeah. Being able to distribute yeah, it's our really music cool. that way and the fairness with which band treats its artists is really, uh, without them, I, I don't think we really would have gotten as far as we've gotten. Um, they've been really important. We, we like to support them. Yeah. So did you know, did you know, like, yeah. mm -hmm. that's cool. So did you know early uh, in your life that music would be something that you wanted to do for for a major part of your life? Or Because you mentioned you studied. What did you study? Uh, I studied political science. Okay, political science. So do you have some sort of um, yeah. work-music balance? Yeah, I, um, I knew... Well, like a lot of people, I, I in America, I came out of a um, a college system which really didn't prepare you for any kind of actual job in the real world. <laughs> um, although, yeah. So right now, I have a nice job. I work for uh, I work for a nonprofit in Oregon, a homeless rights organization called Central City oh, Concern. Cool. That is like a large, mm -hmm. yeah, and I'm very. I, I have a, a really good job, and I'm I'm really glad, but. It, it's sort of only tangentially related to political science. You know, it's, it's more like the um, it's, it's really yeah. about people in recovery and, and providing housing and stuff like that. As far as the, your question oh, okay. about, um, about being, knowing whether or not I was going to be a musician, I, my father mm -hmm. is a musician, um, but that actually okay. made me not want to be one. <laughs> uh oh, because really? he was i didn't think that i would and um and it, i think it's sort yeah. of a a sort of a sick irony that i ended up being a musician anyway despite the fact that my dad is i did have a guitar in high school which mm -hmm. i screwed around on in the hopes that it would you know get me some girls uh it didn't really get me any girls and i was not very good at guitar um Yeah. I think it was really meeting Raphael that um, helped me to like be um, it was his recording practice and also our kind of mutual obsession with um, well, you know, the music that we thought was cool at the time, like um, I don't know, like um, uh, the DBs Or um, the Feelies. Do you know that band, the Feelies? Yeah. No, no, I don't think yeah. so. Oh, they're really cool. You should check them out. They're a great, like, 80s alternative yeah. rock guitar band um, from uh, New Jersey. Really? Oh. They're really cool. Oh. They're great. Yeah. I'll, You'll, um, I'll do that, yeah. 
Yeah, the, the feelies. Yeah, they're really good. Um, so, you know, once okay. we got together and started songwriting, it was really when Alex showed up. You know, Alex is the guy who plays bass in the band. Um, that we realized, like, we we had yeah. a, a band. You know, like we could we could write music together. You know, it's funny. I've been talking about a bunch of music, um, and you asked about influences earlier, but I didn't mention what was probably the biggest early influence on Woolen mm-hmm. Men. Um, not so much these days, but when we started, it was like really the reason why I think the band started. And that's a New Zealand band called The Clean. Yeah. Um, oh, really? Yeah. That. I, I that don't know. Band, well, what's the name yeah. of the band again? They're called The Clean. Uh-huh. From uh, New Zealand. Clean, like C-L-E-A-N. Uh-huh. Yeah. They um, are probably the C- biggest yeah. early influence. Huh? And once you hear The Clean, you'll hear oh, the okay. influence. Like it's it's in our early recordings and our first record, it's like very strong. And we would get, we got yeah. comparisons to them um, from like the press and stuff, which is cool. I mean, I didn't, I love The Clean. I, I still love that band. Um, they're very similar to us, you know. They're three yeah. young men, not so young now, from a kind of obscure place. They recorded their own music. Um, they're kind of eccentric in their... They're wonderful. They're really a, a wonderful group. Yeah. I'm going to check them out right after the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you should. Yeah, yeah, please do. They're so good. Yeah, you absolutely. won't regret it. That's cool. That's cool. Um, are, are you playing any live shows right now during the pandemic on Instagram or Facebook? I uh, mean, sadly, Instagram is sadly, full no. of live shows. I can... Oh, you mean like live on, live on the internet? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are lots like that, of bands like right live. now on Instagram and Facebook. They're, they're, playing, they're playing live shows, yeah. Huh, I can't, Crazy. I, I can't imagine doing that. That just seems really weird to me. Yeah. I, as a performer <laughs> in, in, I really need an audience, like I, I guess um, I'm very used to like being able to interact with an audience and kind of feel like the response to an audience yeah. and the idea of performing, yeah, yeah. making a digital representation is a little bit, it's like, a, it makes me feel kind of weird thinking about it. I'm not surprised that bands are doing it like crazy um, because everybody's vying for attention right now. And yeah. We're all stuck indoors. So like yeah. they're kind of a captive audience, so to speak. Yeah. Um. I suppose we can yeah. try it. I cannot imagine that the guys would be into it, though. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they would. <laughs> I, I just did that. Um, it did never. The thought never crossed my mind. I thought you were going to ask about whether we, you know, were playing shows like in clubs. We did have a couple of shows lined up in California right before the coronavirus that, hit. That so was the next question. We yes, were, after, after after COVID. Um, like after COVID is over? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would love, well, particularly now, I would love to Where, go to the road. I, I think before we could kind of take it or leave it, but now that we've been all stuck indoors for so long and we're so restless, I would be very happy to 
get out and play more shows. I would even play bad shows, you know? <laughs> I just want to play some music in front of an audience again. I miss it. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think that's that's kind of the cool thing about this. You know, we are all inside all the time and the moment when this thing is over and we can go outside, I think we're going to to enjoy more those moments like yeah yeah i talked about that um yeah i talked about that how how crazy people are going to go when they finally get to be out in public again and and i i admit i'm looking forward to it you know i'm looking forward to seeing some energy from from people and and not have them be so anesthetized you know i think it's going to take a little while to kind of relearn how to be out in public um some people are probably going to be afraid Mm-hmm. Um, and others will, you know, and I don't know if you've seen like news, you know, in California, there's like tons of people out in the beaches, even though they have all this, there's like mm-hmm. a lot of people go to the beaches, yeah. but I imagine it's pretty weird on those beaches, you know, like it's not quite, quite normal. Um, I yes. mean, it's, it's so it, weird with this virus, right? For some people is a, a death sentence and other people don't even have symptoms, you know? Yeah, it it has a kind of a random power to it that makes it very hard to anticipate what exactly is right for you or for your family, you know? Um, I've been pretty, like, I go shopping. I don't wear a mask usually um, because I just, there are so few cases in Oregon and it hasn't really been, but I'm definitely in the minority. You don't wear a mask? I know there's some people. I have not been wearing a mask when I go out. Um, there are lots of people that don't here. Um, mm-hmm. But okay. then, you know, I know I'm in the minority when it, when it comes to that, um, that there are, most folks are like yeah. really gearing up, you know, even though there's only 600 reported cases in Oregon, it's like um, they're still afraid. And, and I, you know, I don't, uh, I don't blame them, you know. I mm-hmm. just did a quick Absolutely. Google. So your last album is uh, Human. Yeah. Yes, that's correct. Uh, human to Human. Yeah. I, I want. Yeah, I wanted to talk about a little bit about your last album, Human to Human. Great. Uh, the name is pretty cool. Is there a story behind it? Uh, how 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 has your 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 sound changed over the last ten years to come up? up to yeah, this point of um, producing this very nice album. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Alex, um, who is the bassist, he named the record. Um, he heard, overheard that phrase on the street. Um, somebody was talking to somebody else. And I think they said something like, you know, I want mm-hmm. to talk to him, uh, human to human. And uh, the phrase kind of struck with him because it was a, a weird phrase, like not something people would normally say. And I think it's um, kind of ambiance yeah. of alienation and also kind of like trying to welcome um, interaction was, I don't know, we all like the title. Uh, as far as the record itself, um, I feel like it's sort of, in some senses, it's kind of a continuation of our last record, Post. Um, with the exception of a few songs. Mm-hmm. Um, 
one the instrumental number uh on the album um in the corner is quite old it's probably about Mm -hmm. four years old um and we had just never recorded it or had a version that we liked um and so that's kind of the oldest song and then i think the newest song is mexico city blues which was written for the record as like the lead off single um I personally, my goal Mm -hmm. for Human to Human was to try to make a more explicitly psychedelic record. I think that's actually a little hard with a band that only has three players inside of it, because you tend to think of psychedelia and psychedelic music as being very um, like deep music, like as having a lot of space to it, a lot of um, parts, you know? a lot of like manipulations. Like if you think about the Beatles mm-hmm. or something like strawberry fields forever, or like Lucy in the sky with diamonds, it's like that sonically there's like a lot going on with a recording like that. And that's not, that's like the opposite of a woman men song. The woman men song is typically super spare and um, really minimal. That's like mm-hmm. our songwriting style. So I was trying to figure out a way to be psychedelic given the limitations of only having the two other guys in the band. And um, I don't know if I succeeded. I mean, I don't think the whole thing is psychedelic. That was kind of my idea. Um, And then it does have one song on it, which is like uh, very much like a new sound for the band. That's the song Ecstasy of an Ant. Um, and that one almost has, yeah, you know, it's my kind favorite of like an one. 80s. Yeah, it's it's my favorite song on the record too. Um it's uh that song I I've become more interested in like eighties textures lately. And I know that like American popular music is really obsessed with the eighties mm-hmm. right now. Like the that I would say that pop yeah. pop music sounds yeah. like eighties music to me right now. Um, even stuff like Mac DeMarco and things like that, like that whole brand of of sound is really defined by like a chorus guitar. And um, I guess I wanted mm-hmm. to like write some songs that sounded like that. I also I mentioned this on another interview, but I it was I was weirdly influenced by um, the uh, you know R and B singer Shaw Day. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it seems okay. kind of strange to. Or like a white guy from Portland, Oregon to try to want to sound like Sade. But I, I'm i really pleased with how willing the guys were to kind of go, go there with me, you know, and like um, like yeah. make it happen. Yeah. And I, I have been writing more songs kind of in that vein a little bit. So it was an experiment that I think was successful. And I like that it's funky, you know. It's like it's cool to be in a band like a punk band but be able to write like a funky pop song. I think my, my instinct is like, I, yeah, I kind of have, cool. I kind of have like top 40, you know, I wouldn't mind writing like a song that was on the radio. I would like that. I don't expect that to ever happen, but I, I'm going to continue to write music that is like radio worthy in that way. And um, that this is like me trying yeah. to stretch out a little, you know, That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. It's a wonderful album. And uh, before we call it a day, I would say, is there is there anything else you want the world to know about the Woolen Man? 
Uh, well, we have the new Singles Club coming out, so you can look out for our first singles coming out May Friday, May eighth. Um, it's like a power pop song, and uh, and then we have three more prepped in the can. So, you know, if you like the band, I would just um, encourage you to support our music by um, buying our records or downloading our songs or listening to it on Spotify or whatever way you, you like to listen to music, because when you do that, it, that is how we get money to create more music. I mean, it's literally like a one-to-one thing. Like the more people that listen to our music, the more songs we're able to produce and create and pay for. Uh, I'd also encourage listeners to really support their local artists right now. um, And the people that they Mm -hmm. like, like, even if it's, you know, a restaurant, that's struggling or an artist that you like i mean you can commission work from that person and i'm sure they would be happy for the work and i really want to just like emphasize that what we have right now to get us through this crisis is it are are the communities that we build with each other not the corporate superstructures Mm -hmm. that um are designed to uh like crush our spirits and that the best way to resist those corporate structures is to be local in your choices about what you choose to support. And um, so just to keep that in mind, because right now more than ever, the only way that anything local is going to survive is if it has real support from the community. Um, And otherwise we're all just going to be staring at a bunch of, you know, big box stores. Absolutely. You know, five, 5%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Yvonne, I yeah, want to thank I totally you so agree much with for you. inviting me. Yeah, I really, I really thank appreciate you, we, you inviting we've been talk- me. And, yeah, this was this was really cool. Did you have fun? We've been talking for over forty minutes now. <laughs> yeah, well, so, I uh, I like I like to talk. You know, I'm a, I'm a good talker. So <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's awesome. For, for our audience here in South America, it will be also pretty cool. For the people who are practicing English, you know, because we are uh, speaking uh, Spanish-speaking countries, but people kind of like uh, learning English. People kind of like uh, listening to podcasts in English. It's a great way to learn foreign languages. So it's it's an awesome way to show the music from around the world, great music that I that I love, that I recently discovered, and to have you as guest and, you I mean, listening to so nice words that you have said in this show is it's just great so i wanted to thank you for for your time and music and uh yeah keep up the great work up there and uh, stay safe Lon. yeah you too ivan uh, my pleasure talk to you uh talk to you later man yeah it was a pleasure so let's uh, call it yeah let's call it a day with the uh, ecstasy of an end okay we, we can hear right. one of your songs here on the podcast cool. and uh okay Bye. Bye bye. Stay safe. Peace. Bye bye. <laughs> you too. Bye.
stopped 